Alright everybody, here's the situation. We're sitting here about a third of the way through the college football season, and it's been a good one so far, but the problem is, the moment a bunch of questions look like they're getting answered, a whole host of new ones start to pop up. So luckily, you've got your two favorite podcasters here, your favorite Patricks, here to clear it all up for you on this episode of Pat's Interference. We'll be looking back at week four and looking forward to week five. It's our national podcast, and we've got a whole lot to talk about. You're looking at about an hour long, maybe an hour five podcast here. So sit tight, enjoy, and don't go away. You're listening to Pat's Interference. What's up, everybody? This is year three, episode 13 of Pat's Interference. Uh, it got a great episode on hand for you tonight. Finally getting to do a national episode since we decided to take a little unexpected one-week hiatus on those bad boys, but we're right back on the train. My name is Patrick Norwood. I'm Patrick Brickman. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week so far. we got a good list of games to talk about today, Norwood. Uh, a lot of games we didn't think we'd be talking about this week, and then we got some uh, good previews to do as well. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. How's, how's your week been first? We, we never do this. We don't do this very often. We always ask about the weekend. We never ask how the week's going. Yeah, let's take some you know? time for ourselves on our own podcast. Let's, let's do that. Let's <laughs> well, do that. Let's queue up. Let's queue up the elevator music. Intern. Ugh, we got uh, rid of the interns. That's right, because they messed up our last episode. They did last they week. Did. Our last national episode. It's their fault. If you if you only listen to uh, our national podcast and you're wondering why we didn't have one last week, well, here's the explanation. We had some technical difficulties, microphones and whatnot, and. Uh, it was essentially unlistenable too. You couldn't listen to it. It was it was no, not worth it, putting out after we did. Look, we're not we going to put out a bad product. No, we're just not going to do it. So, with that said, we'll just have to make this week's twice as good. Uh, okay. So, how was my week? My week has been slow, man. It's been a slow, slow week here in Panama okay. City. You know the it, the temperature's gone back up, which you know it's fall now officially, and it's still ninety seven degrees here every day. Uh, but other than Florida. that, uh, we're That's we're, good. we're we're doing the whole tear apart the house to clean it up kind of thing. Sure. So um, that's a slow but uh, rewarding process in the end. Gave the dogs a bath yesterday, and now I'm sitting here podcasting with you. See, okay, I gave I gave my dog a bath yesterday, and I had seen on the internet that if you put your dog in that, well, I guess it was two days ago, but if you put your dog in the tub, and then you slather, you just oh, lather yeah. up some, some peanut butter on the wall of the tub, dog licks the peanut butter and you wash it and you're good and you know so skylar doesn't like baths at all i put her in there threw some peanut butter up on the wall she loved it she thought it was the greatest thing in the world washing 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 get her nice and shampooed uh turn around and start the rinse process and uh, she's done with the peanut butter uh and just gets out of the tub runs through the apartment I- i've still got paw prints everywhere what a everywhere. soapy little mess what a soapy she little she rascal is. she is she is uh anyway so we the should moral of the it. story is, put more peanut butter. More peanut butter. The peanut butter worked, though. Like, people were like, oh, so it didn't work. No, it worked. I just suck as a dog dad. So the you're, dog's just a, father. you're just a new dog owner. See, I've been through all that stuff. How do I get my dog? You ha- now I see, just, you're, a, you're a seasoned I, veteran. I just, I just pick him up. I say, we're co- come on, Duncan. We're going. We're, this is happening. We're, you're doing it, bud. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Everybody, this is Pat's Interference. This is our national episode. If you're looking for the Alabama episode, you're going to want to click back one. Uh, where we uh, sort of um, dissect the demolishing of Vanderbilt and move into the uh, to the Ole Miss preview. Uh, so if you're looking for that episode, you're going to want to click one back. This is our national episode. We will go over last week's games and move into this week's games uh, and sort of just kind of go from there. Brick, if you just want to get right into it. I mean, now that we're three and a half minutes in. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get right into it. All right, NC State. The pack, pack up. Going up top against Florida State, 27-21. You did call this game. Yes, I, I now know the, it, there's, I, no, there's no evidence of it. Because there's the no evidence. evidence. Not out. I straight you, up called you did. this. I didn't you did. say this, look for a close game. I said NC State will beat Florida State. And this is my most proud game that I've called of the year because I've had some pretty bad ones. But I was spot on. Florida State had played in three weeks. You were. Um, they had a new... Uh, freshman, true freshman quarterback starting against a very good NC State defense led by a thick Bradley Chubb. And 
Um, and the offense. NC State's slow. climbing up there, man. No, they're they're not bad. I mean, they have a loss. I don't remember who they lost to, but they have some playmakers. Um, fun little fact: there are three starting quarterbacks in the NFL from NC State, and that's just a little strange to me, but it's true. Anyway, yeah. uh, NC State can play, and they always seem to play up to Florida State. They're always one they of those do. teams that gives them trouble every year, and it they just kind of was. And, oh, and it was a it was a noon start, so it was just a weird kind of atmosphere. So weird. And I've seen enough so of Florida weird. State to know that they don't ever play well in these games. And so yeah, no. it was. I mean, it was an interesting game. It just wasn't like a. It was it was it was pretty. Meandering from both teams, but NC State came out on top. Yeah, it was it was wanting from both squads, especially from Florida State, and obviously they're just I think they're just demoralized. On yeah. like how can how can you come back this season? It's Genuinely. Tough. It's tough. You know, you, know? You, you play well against Alabama number 1 in the most hyped up game to open played a great. season of all sure. time. They could play they played they played a good game, just not enough to win, but in the process you lose your leader uh with 6 minutes left in the game when he might not right. maybe even shouldn't have been in the game at the time, but that's not for me to decide. And, and yeah, at this point, it's it's about it's it's about you know salvaging what can still be a good season. I mean, I'm not going to do anything of this sort, but you know I'm kind of an FSU fan, so I have to have some bit of belief. Plus, I cover FSU heavily, so this is what I have to tell the people I work and talk to. We haven't seen a two-loss team in the playoff, and it's going to be 99 percent. That's not what FSU can do. It's just going to no. take some kind of miracles. But we have seen a two-loss national champion in LSU. It can happen. They need to win out, and they need to destroy Clemson. So that's what you hope for, that they find their mojo. They play at, they play in, uh, up in your neck of the woods this weekend in, uh, in Winston-Salem. They do. And um, if they can find their mojo by the time that uh, November runs around and they have to come and play Clemson, They'll need to have not lost any games, and they'll need to convince voters, hey, those first two weeks were a fluke. We lost to Alabama. Everybody does. And then we got, you know, pretty messed up by the hurricane. They have their excuses on the table. Now they got to show up. So that's all I can say. I don't think they will. This team just doesn't have it on offense. One of the things that was undersold, and what people sold us on this year with FSU, and what you and I both bought into it, was the defense is going to be nasty. The offense will be fine because they've got a returning quarterback. Because they've got DeAndre Francois, sure. And then they've got the number one running back come in. He's going to be Dalvin Cook. Well, he's not Dalvin Cook. No. And that's the problem with this FSU team is they have no go-to guy on offense. They have a lot of good players, but nobody that on a third and seven that is their go-to. Every The last three years, every time There's FSU no needed a big play, right? you know, against Miami, against Michigan, against Clemson, anybody – you could bet on 60-plus yards and a big play from Gal- Dalvin Cook. Not let's, happening anymore. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about NC State, though. Let's talk about this NC State team because they won the game. They should be talked about more than the team that lost. Of course. They've got uh, – they lost a heartbreaker, South Carolina, to open up the season. Bounce back, beat Marshall and Furman. You beat Marshall and Furman, no one's really saying anything. You beat Florida State in Tallahassee. Okay, now you're starting to raise some eyebrows. You've got Syracuse at home, Louisville at home, and Clemson at home. Your road games are Pitt and Notre Dame, uh, Boston College, and Wake Forest, and you get your big rival at the end of the year at home. What chance, even if it's an outside chance, Brick, do you have of NC State really contending this year? Well, the hope has to be there. Of course, every fan base has to hold on to some kind of hope. They've got the hope. Yeah, they lost in week one. Um but this could be their linchpin, I suppose. This could be their launching pad. And, and remember how close they played Clemson last year. They were a botched 30-yard field goal away from beating Clemson, and yes. Clemson would not have made the playoff with that loss. Right. So they can compete against these good teams. Yes. Um, they've got – what's Debo Samuel's a good player. They've got a really good defense. If I'm giving yeah. them a chance, I'm giving Ryan them a – Ryan Finley's playing pretty well as a quarterback yeah, right now is. over there. He is. I mean, I'm, I'm giving him a – 10% chance to really right. in November I, look like you know, they're in there, but there's a chance. There's a solid chance that if everything comes together, NC State's a good team. They've, they've definitely improved since last season too, and that's that's kind of my main point here is last year it was just like, oh, God, this team, you know, hope is lost, all that. They've got 
a pretty good ground game, a kid who's actually local to the Greensboro area. Um, you know, they've got a, a fairly good quarterback. Defense has been rock solid so far. Um, you know, your tough games are at home, and that's nice. I don't think there's any way they upset Clemson. I really don't. I think if Clemson's going to get upset, it's going to be this weekend, but we'll talk about that later on. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but I, I think things are trending in the right way for NC State, and I, I think it's a lot of, okay, who's the team from, you know, um, that side of the state, Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State being those teams, who's going to be that team that really steps up? And right now I think it's the Wolfpack that are doing so, you know. North Carolina threw an interception the other day where the kid literally threw it like an overhead pass in soccer. I don't know <laughs> if you saw that. It was awful. Yuck. It was awful. It looked like like he was about to get sacked. He was like, just get rid of it and just threw it right. It was a pick six, too. It was one of the worst pick sixes I've ever seen. Then you've got, then you've got Duke, who ended up beating North Carolina on a play like that. And it's like, well, if you're going to beat him on a play like that, do you even really deserve to win? So now I think it's, you know, you're looking at the Wolfpack and they're kind of the perennial team in that area, even if, you know, that's not really that impressive. But let's move on. Wait, are you selling the undefeated Wake Forest short right now? The undefeated 4-0 and Demon Deacons? I'm actually working there tomorrow night. I'm doing a little freelance work over there tomorrow night. I got uh, to the... tell you, you know your Carolina football. The teams that are close to you, you know these teams. I do. I guess, well, I you buy you in, know... man. Yeah. Buy, buy in. in. Uh, but, no, honestly, if I can just do a little shameless plug here, um, Wake Forest men's soccer team was ranked fourth. They're now ranked second, but they were ranked fourth when High Points men's soccer team played them two weeks ago. Uh, took them to double overtime, only lost by one. Ooh. Just saying. I'm just saying. Good. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go work over there uh, tomorrow for their men's soccer team. They needed, they've got an ESPNU broadcast, and they needed some local guys, so. They called in the muscle, basically. That's what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, you know, they bring it. They're bringing in the ringer. They're bringing in the guy that gets stuff done. Texas A and M and Arkansas get into yet another instant classic uh, because that game has just become nothing but that. Um, you know, someone gets the win. Um, you know, and that game we talked about last week in the episode that never aired. Um, that is is this game sort of the decider of the hot seat now that we've seen the game it was another overtime game is someone safe now and is Bielema on the hot seat or are they both still on the hot seat how are you feeling uh about the temperature of these two coaches bottoms oh they both are they both are a&m needs a really good finish to their season to get him off the hot seat um bielema has been on a lukewarm seat seemingly the last two or three years but nobody talks about it because it's not hot enough. I think it's starting to heat up. I think it's going to be really hot if they start losing some more games. And then, uh, so, and the, you know, both teams feel like they should beat the other. So the fact that it was 50 to 43 in overtime isn't, wasn't really good enough to either, for either side. Here's what I want to qu- ask you. Between Sumlin, Burt Bielema, and Butch Jones. Burt Bielema. Which one do you feel gets the axe first? Oof. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and knock out Bert. I don't think Bert gets the axe until after the season. Okay. I think Sumlin and Jones have very serious possibilities of getting axed before the season's over, and I think Sumlin is the one out of those two that really has to watch his back right now. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. I don't feel like the school at Tennessee feels as bad about butch jones as the fans do i feel like the fans and the school at, at a&m are really kind of getting antsy right yeah no i it's just it's tough it's such a tough question because then i think back to okay the last week that these guys had ugh, you know someone beat a competitive arkansas team i guess is what we'll call that it's a tough game no matter what you call it it was a tough game but Bush Jones struggled against a UMass team that's bad. Let's call it what it is. They're oh, yeah. bad. UMass and is he's not worse. supposed to be anything remotely resembling good. No. No, and that offense ran all over Tennessee's defense. So, you know, if you're judging it based off the past weekend, I've got to say that Jones is the guy to go, but we're not. We're, we're judging it off the body of work, as people like to say and make fun of, and off the body of work, I think that, Someone goes gets him by a nose. 
out the door. We'll say that. We'll relate it back to horse racing because Well, Kentucky, we'll say, you know, yeah, Iowa. he got the win last week, but right. he could very well lose to South Carolina this week. He's got Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi State the next three weeks, and Auburn. So after South Carolina, he's got Bama, Florida, Mississippi State, Auburn. I mean, how many of those games does he need to stay? Um, you got to beat That's... either Bama or Auburn. That's One of those two is a must win. I think he needs two of those games to stay to the end of the year. I think if he loses three or four or all of them, he's gone in the middle of the season. I agree. And, I, you know, I think he's got to be expecting that. Has to be. You know, it was the talk of media days this past year. As soon as he stepped up to the podium is, oh, well, what are you going to do to not get fired? Well, that's not what a guy wants to hear. But at the same time, it's a fair question. You know, so I, I think it – uh. You know, I think it all kind of depends on how those games come out, but I think he does have to either beat Alabama and Auburn, or excuse me, Alabama or Auburn and one more. The um, funny thing is, I don't think any of them, Butch Jones a little bit, but I don't think either of the other two are especially are even bad coaches. I feel like just the expectation now in the conference has been set so high to go out and compete with Alabama and well, especially, to be compete with LSU too, that it's just. Especially with someone after Manziel, too. You know, I think that was just kind of a perfect storm, and people expected that from someone over and over again, year in, year out. And then it's like, no, dude, that's a very extenuating circumstance. We and had a right, freshman every quarterback Heisman under winner. the sun wanted to play at A and M, and then they all right. left. Something has hap- yes. happened there where none of them wanted to play under Sumlin. They all left, and he's left with a you know a couple okay options, but he also just he can't. He can't figure out defensively either. I mean, he's had one good year with the defense. He had Miles Garrett, and he still had a terrible defense. It just, it's not going to swing. No, no, it's not. Uh, let's stay in the state of Texas right quick. Yep. Uh, TCU takes down Oklahoma State in a game that neither of us really predicted. Was We thought was going to be close. We thought Oklahoma State's offense was unbeatable because, quite frankly, that's how they looked in the past few weeks. Uh, TCU proves us wrong, 44-31. Are you buying TCU yet? Are you a soft buy? Are you a hard sell? What are you feeling about the uh, the Horned Frogs? Remember, my cousin's now a freshman there. All right? She grew up an Alabama fan. We she, She's gone now. She's gone from us. She's a Horned Frog now, but she's happy. She's loving it. I'm softly buying the TCU Horned Frogs, but I want to get your opinion. I'm I'm pretty medium buying. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I'm leaving one foot out in case in case I need to bail. I'm about seventy percent in. I, I sure. they that that was one of the two toughest games on their schedule. They looked very impressive in the win. It's it was a that, convincing win. The little bar I was in that I keep talking about. It was funny. There were two, and I really appreciated this. This is one of the reasons I liked the bar. Just two ladies. Uh, uh, one of them was was probably late twenties. The other one was middle aged. I'm thinking it was. They were related somehow, or maybe work partners. They were both Ohio- Oklahoma State fans, which I live in Panama City. You don't see any of those. And they're just sitting there, just soaking in this game. TCU looks super impressive. They, they, were, they were putting a lot of pressure on um, Mason Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph had some good plays, but he had some really bad plays. There was one play in that game where they forced Mason Rudolph to throw it away, and they only rushed two. That's how good they were at getting after the quarterback. I like him. I like the defense. Um, I like the fact that I believe they get Oklahoma at home, and I'm looking that up right at this moment. But um, if there's one big game left on their schedule, based on what I saw there, I like them. You know, they might lose. Okay, they're at Oklahoma, but they, and they might lose to Oklahoma. But I don't know. I, I could see I that think, I think come honestly. I think come beginning of November, I think they're right. I mean, to get into November, they got to beat West Virginia, Kansas State, who we've seen is struggling. Kansas, that's easy. Iowa State, they should beat them. And Texas. I think they can win all five of the next games. That'll get them into the top five in the country come the beginning of November. Hmm. I, I, I'm soft buying TCU. And the only reason I say that is because I've bought them so hard so many other years and it's just completely come back to bite me. And I, I don't – I the Big 12, listen, is surprisingly probably the most competitive conference. It really is uh, this year. Right now. You know, I, I mean, just as far as talented teams and teams that are impressing, we were talking about Oklahoma State two weeks ago, and now we're talking about TCU. Oklahoma's always been good in that conference. You know, Texas took USC down to the wire. I mean, 
they're looking all right, but West it's Virginia's just West Virginia's good. Kansas State's normally good. We'll have to see how they recover. Um, right, and then, and then we hate Baylor, so that's the whole conference. I don't even know who you're talking about, but yeah, <laughs> um, no, I, I think West Virginia is is still a question mark for me, just because the one game where they played somebody, they struggled offensively they struggled um, until it was, you know, time where they absolutely had to score and Will Greer remembered how to grip and throw a football. But I think know, they still lost that game too. So if we're talking about that, who? Didn't West Virginia still lose that game? Against Virginia Tech, yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. They did. So, again, I'm not, I'm not really buying West Virginia. Um, TCU, I'm a soft buy. Just because I don't really know how good the conference is yet. I don't know if, you know, Oklahoma beating Ohio State is not that great of a thing because Ohio State's having an off year. I don't know if Oklahoma State just had one really great week where everything was clicking and all everything fell into the right place, but the rest of the year they're kind of garbage. I don't know if Texas is a fluke. Obviously, they took down Iowa State tonight, uh, and they, you know, like I said, took USC down to the wire. So uh, there's still a lot of football to be played, but I like TCU. I like where their heads are at. And their schedules, their schedules very favorable. You yeah, know? I, so I do think they can. They've got come one more November. tough game. What I think will happen, what I think is more likely, is Oklahoma State takes down Oklahoma, Oklahoma takes down TCU, and then you've got a whole weird tricky triangle situation going on in the Big Twelve. Won't that be fun? Well, at least they have a, a conference championship this year. I want to keep things moving along. We're going to go to a game that you, um, I, okay, I'm going to say you called it. You didn't really call the upset in this one, but you were right on with uh, with the struggles. We had number eight Michigan beating Purdue. They ended up beating twenty eight ten, but this yeah. was uh this was fourteen ten going into the fourth quarter, and it was another miserable offensive outing for much of this game for I think, uh, the Wolverines. Right, and I think what I said my wording was it was going to be surprisingly close, but Michigan was going to pull it out, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I I don't know what's going on with Michigan's offense. It is. It, it looks 180 degrees different than last year. It's just they've got to figure it out by the time that conference play really gets going or else it could get really ugly for Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. Yeah, um, how lucky do they get to start their conference season off so slow? It's, you know, it is the Big Ten. So you're looking at, okay, what are the good teams this year in the Big Ten? Tell well, me. they got Penn State in two weeks. Penn State. Ohio State's still a good team, and Wisconsin's a good team, and that's the whole conference. It's those four teams. Everyone else is middle of the road. Michigan, okay, they got sorry, they got them in three weeks. They got Michigan State this week, um, but Michigan State's not good as they normally are. So it's a four-team conference right now, right? Although that's better than the SEC can say. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm not, I'm not dogging the Big Ten. I'm, you know, we've talked about it. Most conferences, we don't know if they're all having a down year or if it's just they're more competitive with one another, but. Something's happening because it's not the level of play where there's a head-and-shoulder favorite conference anymore. Yeah, you know? it's, it's true. That's um, what happens when the, when the one that was the head-and-shoulders f- best conference for 15 years goes down. Right. Anyway, I, guess so. um, I want to keep going. Uh, good, good, good foresight there. I think Michigan's also going to struggle again this week, but that's not a game we'll be previewing, so I just want to say I think it's going to be another kind of boring game to watch. Uh, the next game... You had a bone to pick me with, with me on it because I'm I like Oklahoma as a team, but they had no business going into Baylor and only getting out with an eight point win, forty nine forty one the final for number three Oklahoma over Looked Baylor. Terrible. They did. Let me I didn't let watch me tell you something about game. Baylor. Baylor has lost to the Liberty Flames and the UTSA Roadrunners this season. Brick the Roadrunners, a team named after a cartoon, almost beat a team or excuse me, did beat a team that almost bully- beat your beloved Baker Mayfield <laughs> and the Oklahoma Sooners. Baker Mayfield, by the way, did you hear what he said before the game? Oh, I'm, I think I texted it to you. Uh, I believe the exact quote was, you guys forgot who daddy is. Well, daddy's going to have to spank you, which is just weird on a lot of levels. I'm all for trash talk. But I'm I grew a up weird with an older dude, brother. So you know why I thought that was funny cuz I'm a weird I, guy. If no, I, I thought if the listeners haven't l- learned that yet. I look, I'm all for trash talk. I grew up with an older brother who used to beat me at everything. At everything. The only way I beat him was by trash talking and getting in his head. I get it. I understand Baker. I get the trash talk. That's weird. 
That's just a weird thing to say. Man, if you keep talking about my baker this way, I'm going to have to spank you. Cherry red. I Oh, God, I hate this. <laughs> I hate every moment of this. This is anyway, bad. No, I don't have any I – don't, I don't really have a good excuse. Uh, the only you, thing, no, the, you don't. They played like garbage, and they should have gotten beat. But I'm going to swing for the fences anyway. Again, Baylor's a team that has self-imposed penalties that has nothing to play for. Oh, I keep my mentioning word. stuff. I keep mentioning stuff like this on the podcast – this was their Super Bowl. Expect Baylor to go back to sucking. Yeah, sure. Doesn't explain it. Doesn't make me feel any better about Oklahoma. Doesn't change my opinion of them that they're overrated. Oh, anyway, let's continue. You really on. think? You really think? No, 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 no. We're not going to continue on because you're feeling uncomfortable about your opinions, sir. Go ahead and make your case for the number quote unquote three team in the land, who's decided that they want to ha- escape. With an eight-point win at Baylor. Make your case that they should be in the top four, please. My case is that they're still undefeated, and they took down Ohio State very handily. And you were singing their praises two weeks ago. Yeah, and now I'm not. And I still said they were overrated two weeks ago. Go back and listen to it. I'm just not going to back off my prediction that they're going to they're going to be in uh, they're they're going to be in this discussion at the end of the season. I hope they lose every game the rest of the season. They will be in they will be in the discussion at the end of the year. We'll see. Mississippi State and Georgia. Everybody thought this was going to be a good game. It's not. 31-3. Not even going to talk about the uh, the Bulldogs down in Mississippi. Let's talk about the Bulldogs on the other side, on the east side of Alabama. Uh, Georgia's looking pretty good. Kirby's gotten the boys ready to go. How serious is Georgia, and how serious of a contender are they, not only for the SEC, but for the college football playoff picture? Listen, I'm not throwing this out there yet. They're not, to me, an legitimate national contender yet i'm not on board with that but i i've been i've been excited all week to talk about georgia because i am in love with the way this team is built right now you know what it reminds me of kirby smart is completely taking the page out of nick saban's book what he learned in his time in tuscaloosa is paying off right now he has this team built exactly the same as those first two years of alabama teams Young quarterback, game manager, both of them are kind of game managers, but especially Jake from State Farm. Nasty defense. You, you can see that it wasn't just Nick Saban being the reason Alabama's had such good defenses. Kirby Smart played a big part in that. That defense is very, very good. And then the offense is not built on the quarterback. It's built on the run game. They're just shoving it down the throat with their two all-SEC caliber running backs. Okay, I think I expect them to trip up because this team isn't used to success, but I do think that they march into the into the uh, conference championship. Um, I'm hugely entertained by this team, hugely entertained. I I think that they will are in the middle of replacing LSU as that second team in the conference to look at. So you're you're thinking it's more of a all uh, 2012 season. I'm yeah I'm I'm going I'm going they'll. They'll well. I'm, I'm not putting them up there with 2012 LSU or Alabama or any of that. Or Georgia. Um, I'm th- I'm looking at a slightly worse 2008 Alabama team. They got to this to the conference championship. They went to the conference championship undefeated, and then we learned that they were still just very good, not really really good, because they also they lost were, to Utah. They're on the cusp. They're on. This is an on. This is a team that can be in the national title conversation. I could see winning an SEC championship if Alabama has any kind of down years or games, and I could see them getting into the playoff within the next three years. I like it. I like it. I'm hoping you're right. I like Kirby Smart a lot. I'm hoping he continues his trend, but who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I do want to bring up something. Okay. Jake from State Farm has been the starter this year, and this is what everybody in the SEC has been talking about this week. So he's been the starter. Um, you have Jacob uh, Eason, who was obviously the blue chip number one quarterback in his class and played uh, okay, pretty well, passable football his true freshman year, went down with an injury in the first game. He should be healthy either this week or next week. What do you do in that situation when you he's start, healthy? You, no, feed the hot hand. That's what I say. But I put up a poll this week, and we retweeted it from the Pats Interference um, Twitter handle. And I think it was about 65-35, maybe 
saying Eason should start, and I wanted to address that because I think that's. I just don't agree with that. Wrong. I don't understand. I don't understand the the theory behind that. Fromm okay, has you played get... better as a true freshman than Eason did. Yes, albeit and with a Eason, better team. Newsflash: Eason wasn't that great. Am I misremembering that? No, he was. He he had his good games and he had his bad games, like any true freshman does. Um, and I right. expect from so then why is this an issue? Why would you but, start the guy who comes back from an injury who hasn't played football in over a year over the guy who has just gotten you four games in undefeated? Right. That doesn't um, make sense to me. And I'm sorry you're getting sort of, of – I mean, you're getting sort of Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Uh, but, you know, you go down with an injury, it's not your fault, but you come back and a guy who's better is taking your job, period. Here's here's you know? Here's one thing that I saw about it. This is what – they said, "Thank." It was a Georgia fan. He said, "Thank goodness it didn't turn out this way for us." But this looks an awful like what would have happened if Matt Stafford and Aaron Murray had been on the same team. It's they're cut from mm. the same cloth. Matt Stafford yeah. being the big, strong arm, sky's the limit, better NFL prospect quarterback, and Aaron Murray being the the leadership, accurate game manager, does what he needs to do, um, higher floor but lower ceiling kind of quarterback. And uh, let me just ask you this. Which one was more successful in college? Aaron Murray. I don't know how you can say that. Aaron Murray? He, I think he still has the record for most yards in conference history. I mean, I know yeah, he's a three- or four-year starter. I don't but... think he's the more successful quarterback, though. No, no, look in college. The... Yes, but look at the two eras in Georgia football while those two guys are there. One of those guys beat Alabama. Oh, this was b- before Alabama was Alabama. Right, but I'm I'm saying, if you're if you're telling me that Alabama is the perennial team to beat, right? Alabama is the team to beat. One of those quarterbacks did that. What year was that? 2007, but he did it in Tuscaloosa in overtime. But uh, that was the same year Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe. Right. And I get that. I'm just saying that I, I think you kind of came to that conclusion of, oh, Aaron Murray was more successful quarterback at Georgia a little quick. You're well, not giving I've, Stafford a lot of credit. No, Stafford maybe, was great. He, he was the number one pick in the draft. Maybe I'm not remembering it correctly, but I remember Georgia was the team to beat back then in the SEC. They Until were they lost good. four games. Until they, they lost good. three or four games. Yeah, yeah. So did Aaron Murray. Except for one year. I see Aaron Murray got his team to a slipped receiver away from a national championship, potentially. If he hadn't slipped, they would have gotten one more play, and who knows what would have happened. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. C.J. Mosley made a great play on that ball at the line of scrimmage. We both both agree. It wasn't the receiver's fault. C.J. Mosley made a great, great play at the line of scrimmage. But anyway, keep going. We both agree that Fromm is your guy until he just shows he's not. Yes, 100%. Okay, hundred well, percent. And I, I think that I think this I think the Stafford Murray conversation is interesting. It's I'd just, love to hear some. It's kind of I'd fun. love to hear some Georgia fans get into it. Um, They're both very good, but I would stick with Fromm too. Unfortunately, Eason look. You know, Eason might be the odd man out. LSU made me look foolish again for the umpteenth week in a row. Just not looking great against Syracuse. I don't even want to talk about this game too much. I thought they were going to get the round game, the ground game running. I watched the first couple plays of the game and figured, oh, this one's over. It was not. Not at all. And I, I'm very concerned for the Tigers right now. I don't I don't know that we have too much. I mean, they still won. It wasn't pretty. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into LSU. And, yeah, they keep making you not look great. But, again, they still only have the one loss. We'll see. Um, what unfolds in Baton Rouge, but uh, they've got some big games coming up. I, I feel like we'll be talking LSU on the podcast a good bit here soon. Uh, Florida and Kentucky. Um, uh, this game was a nightmare if you're a Kentucky fan. You, you, it's looking all night like it's going to be the night where you guys finally beat Florida and then just straight up Kentuckyed it. No one to blame but themselves. Come out of a timeout with 10 men on the field and give up a touchdown that guys in peewee football are not even giving up. You 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 try and kick a ridiculously long field goal, and the only reason it became ridiculously long was because of a holding call. Right, that was I about mean, to be a, what, 35-yarder? 
Oh, yeah. Chip shot. Nope. Welcome to your 57-yard long nightmare. Enjoy, my friend. Just bad. And if they couldn't beat this Florida team, uh, this streak might reach 60. I mean, this is the year that Kentucky is looking good and Florida's way, way, way down. We both expect Florida to rebound at some point, whether it's under McIlwain or a different coach. There's just too much history at Florida to be bad. Yes, too much prestige in Florida, yeah, to continue on this trend. But, man, it's bad. Man, it's bad at Florida right now, and Kentucky couldn't beat them. It's if you're a Kentucky fan, your heart's got to be ripped out. You know, luckily, Can you imagine it's only, being a Kentucky fan. It's only the, 15 days till uh, <laughs> Big Blue Madness. I was about to say that you know, oh, ooh, I don't know if we're even going to take a bite into this basketball stuff. We're going to have to either this week. or No, next week. I don't. I don't think we can do it this week. But we we gotta. I want to wait until we get more stories. Yeah, because they're too. not done. They're not done. And obviously, no. we're going to talk about it. It's but huge. It's huge. Okay, but I was going to make massive. a little, I was going to make a little joke here. If you and I were Kentucky fans, we wouldn't be having a college football podcast. I can tell you that we wouldn't be huge fans of college football. No. We'd be talking. Uh, we we would be talking about the scandals right now. We'd have our own college basketball podcast if we both went to Kentucky. Yes, but we decided to enjoy ourselves and have a fun podcast with a sport that we love. So, how about <laughs> I mean, I, that? I love basketball, but college basketball i've i love it it's just alabama's not great so, in it so boring it's so boring to me I, I can't i can't get into it like i can college football and i'll wa- i love march madness don't get me wrong and even conference championships i love high point basketball maybe it's just because i'm there and I'm, I'm invested but man oh man if you just give me a random unlv versus michigan state basketball game on a random January night, I'm good. I'm good. Well, and it's easy for us to say Friend, that because Friends we're Alabama games. I'll, I'll watch Friends on Netflix We're Alabama instead. fans, so every right. single one of our games matters. But could you, could you imagine being uh, a, a San Jose State fan? No. Or even a team that's good in basketball but bad in football. San Diego State, you would go, oh, college basketball is the greatest sport there is. But we're Alabama fans. We know better. All right, next yeah. game. Next game, uh, Nailbiter. Good game, fun game to watch. Shouldn't have been as close as it was, but uh, number four, Penn State, 21-19 over an Iowa team that keeps doing this, man. Here are my two takes from this game, uh, and then I'll, I'll let you kind of take the floor on this one. My two takes are, uh, one, Saquon Barkley is very good, and I feel very, very confident in my Heisman pick right now. You're looking good with that pick, man. Uh, I, I'm feeling good. Uh, that's take number one. Take number two is, holy crap, when he leaves the field, that offense does not know what to do. They are they are 2015 Alabama Derrick Henrying him into the ground. I mean, the guy was beat up half to hell the other night, and who could blame him? He's jumping over people. He's spinning out of tackles. He's getting hit laid out of bounds. He's having to come up and make a huge block after a 28-yard run. I mean, they're just they're running him into the ground. Trace McSorley, who everybody thought was going to be the end-all, be-all answer to Penn State's quarterbacking problems, looked completely in. He looked like a freshman. He looked like a freshman the other night. Just very disappointed with Penn State. Iowa is not that great of a football team, but there's something about playing Iowa at night where they just want to upset the team that they're not gonna, they shouldn't upset. That's why I said and they it, keep doing this. It just so happened that Penn State the other night. You know, got let's call it what it was. That last play is a lucky pass. He's off his back foot. He's not looking at his target, and he throws it in a spot where two Penn State guys are there, squeezing it in a window. And it's a great throw, but squeezing it in a window the size of a donut hole, to where you hope two of your guys are if you've timed the route right, but you don't really know because you're off your back foot. But it's right in the bread basket. That's luck. Call it what it is. That's a lucky play. I'm surprised you went that way with Penn State. I'm kind of going the opposite way. Not fully, and I understand. Why are you doing this to me? I understand the frustration with the fact that that game was close, but Iowa's upset really good teams uh, two or three years in a row. I just think there's something at some point to be said about a team that keeps finding ways to win these games. Penn State seems to win every close game they're in now. I don't know why. And one of the reasons I like this Penn State team so much I just I keep finding myself liking them, and it's probably because I'm rooting for them because I want to see them in the playoff. 
I just really, really do. So I'm starting to form a, a Penn State bias, and I'll admit it right up front. Really like Saquon Barkley. I was saying to a friend today, I have one of those moments that Alabama fans have where you're like, holy cow, we're spoiled. I go, man, I get so jealous when I see a running back that's that good and he's not on Alabama. Yeah. I get it. That was the, no, I, I know what you mean because <laughs> I seriously get the same way. I'm like, God. Oh, like, man. You know, we just had five running backs. So we can get eight carries a game on our team. Yeah. And and but, we're still sitting here like, oh. No. You know. On this podcast last year, I, I, I ripped Trace McSorley. I didn't think he was good at all. If anything, he's just a very good college quarterback. He's not elite, but he's good. And He's no Joe Flacco. He's no Joe Flacco. <laughs> he's not. He's no Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is very elite. Um, no, and, and there's just something to be said at some point when you keep finding ways to win these games, right? I think Penn State has all the talent. I'm not going to knock their talent or their team because they had to play Iowa close because Iowa's upset teams two, three, four years in a row now. Iowa was one play away from being their conference's championship two, champion two years in a row. That's a good Iowa team with a very good coach in Kirk Ferentz. And Penn State had every reason to lose that game, and somehow they still managed to win. They're still undefeated, and I really, really want to see them in the playoff. That's all I got. I mean, they shouldn't have been that close, and it makes me back off of them a little bit, but you not as, probably not playoff. as far as you are. I want to see them in the playoff. Can you name Penn State's wins for me? I just want to see them there. It's not that I think they're going to No, go. I'm just I'm asking. Tell me their wins right now. Oh, boy. I haven't paid enough attention to their schedule. They beat Pitt. They beat Akron, Iowa. Pitt, Iowa, and Georgia State. All right, so I named their two G5 wins. And three of those four wins, they looked really convincing. Uh, I guarantee you all three of those teams, maybe not Pitt, but at least two of those three teams have a bottom third defense in the nation. I want them in the playoff, and I desperately, desperately want your Heisman pick to be right. I am rooting for Saquon Barkley to bring home I want that, too. I want that, too. But they've got Michigan at home, then they go on the road to Ohio State, then they go on the road to Michigan State. You get Rutgers, which might as well, certainly that's their homecoming. Then you get Nebraska, then you're at Maryland. Only one of those games. Only one of those games really perks my ears up, and that's Ohio State, who they beat last year. They did. They did. I, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm not high on Penn State. I'm not high on James Franklin. I just feel like at some point things are going to kind of go awry. And that's probably what I'm holding on hope that it doesn't. And I admitted it right up front. I've got a bias for me because I just like the team. And I like something about why I like their makeup. I like their smiles. It, it just remi- it you reminds like me back. Smiles. It, it just reminds me back of when Alabama was on the rise. I wouldn't relate it even close to that. Uh, yeah, that was probably a little too far. When a team just a team's having fun, just being good for what they are now, because their players are going to leave and they're going to go back to being what Penn State's been. I don't know. I can't really explain it. And it's probably just more that I'd rather see Penn State in the playoff than Ohio State. I don't know. You want someone new? I understand it. Let's put a bow on last week. Let's move into this week. Let's look ahead. A little, a little less rear view. A little more dashboard. Let's do dashboard. Confession. Okay, here. look, you've said Vandy at Florida. We're not talking about that game. I don't care. Neither of those teams are good. We'll talk about it if it becomes a good game, but right now I don't want to talk about it. All right, that's fine. You put uh, USC on upset alert versus Washington State. You think the Pirates going to sneak up and get the Trojans right now? This is the this is the Cougars here. No, no, no. Mike Leach calls himself the oh, Pirate. Sorry. I forgot about Mike forget. Leach. No, that's that. Okay, that was that was a good call. Um, I only put it, and I, I didn't put. I put alert. I didn't say upset pick. I have a different way of talking. Upset alert means keep an right. eye on it. It's like tornado um, watch versus tornado warning. Washington State has a really good quarterback in Luke Falk. Um, USC. I just feel like this is a game that they could potentially be sleeping on on that schedule, and Washington State scores. I think they lead the the nation or something. They're close to that and get in points scored in the first half, where USC does all their scoring in the second half. So when I say I think Washington State could get up early and USC could be playing a catch-up game that they've been good at this year, and I think this could be a good game in the fourth quarter. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. 
No, I like that. I like okay. that pick. You know, I think Washington State's got a lot of momentum. I think Sam Darnold has really got to start figuring it out at some point. Exactly, um, yeah. He, he needs to start living up to what he could have been. Yes, he's not rising up to the potential that everybody set on his shoulders, and I don't know if that's our fault for thinking that way or what, but I, I'm just not as impressed with Darnold as I thought I'd be to this point. Um, well, he's no longer the backup that's proving himself um, with no expectations. Now he's right. the darling of college football with the with the arrow on his with the the target on his back every week. Two, right. two completely different circumstances there. Just ask twenty ten Alabama. So. Very much so. Um, I, I'm going to take USC here by a score of thirty one. No, you know what? I'll pick a shootout. Let's say forty nine forty one. I was going to put something very very similar to that. I was going like forty seven thirty eight. With the USC like pulling that. away late. I like that. I think that's fine. All right, cool. Um, another big one. This is the SEC Game of the Week with Brad Nessler. It's a little strange out hearing Vern Lundquist uh, last fr- weekend. but this It is was. Brad I thought Brad did, Brad did a fine job, though. I'm a big fan of Brad Nessler. I think his name screams college football to me because I used to play the video game. Sure. Um, and then, uh, and then, um, you, then you got Tennessee. And, uh. Oh boy, if this one gets out of out of hand quick, it it the, could the get noise, really the, ugly. This is this is this is a week that could be really, really bad for Butch Jones. Not the way that he even loses, but the way he responds to losses too to the media. He's never been good at that game, and I think his fans are getting tired of it. And it's only a matter of time until the school starts to get tired of it. Georgia only Georgia only opened up as a three and a half point favorite in this game this week. This week, I don't know what it moved to, but it was three and a half right now. Are you kidding me? It was three and a half this week. Oh my gosh, that seems like the easiest money so far this year. Yeah, it's got to be. But and I don't want to get like yes. Usually I don't look at odds, but I just remember seeing that. Now I think it's moved up closer to seven, seven and a half. It's a seven and a half. Yeah. That still seems mega low to me. Does it not? Is that not just the biggest slap in the face of your Georgia? Everybody was talking about how great Mississippi State was. You go out, you beat Mississippi State real bad. I picked Mississippi State. We didn't even – we brushed over that. I you picked go, Mississippi State. You go – yeah, you did. Congrats. Thank you. Um, you go on the road to Notre Dame. You beat Notre Dame. And then you get Tennessee. Where is that game? Is that in Knoxville? It's Game's in, in Knoxville. Knoxville. So I understand having it a little bit on the lower side. I've got Georgia as a 14-point favorite in this game. Easy. And maybe maybe I'll look like a moron and Tennessee's going to sneak up and get him on a Hail Mary again. I just don't see it. I don't see Butch Jones. I, I just don't think Tennessee's got it together enough to really compete with Georgia this season. No, Tennessee does not have the same urgency to their season. George, I'm telling I love this Georgia team. The, and Essentially, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's very much the same reasons I like the Penn State team. There's just an urgency and a funness to their season. You know, I think it all hinges on the the speediness of a slick chub. That that chub is going to be pumping and ready to go. He's got to be. Right? He's got to be. I'm glad that we discovered that there's two very healthy, solid, talented chubs in college football. Right. But I'm sticking with my old tried-and-true chub that we discovered first. Yeah. yeah. There's just well, something to be said about your first chub, and I'm a huge fan of this Nick chub. <laughs> We cannot beat this horse to death. Like it's it's just the worst joke, and we're like the father at the middle school dance. We just cannot stop telling this See, but horrible I'm joke. I'm imagining people in their cars right now having to pull over to the side of the road because they're laughing too hard. See, I know that everyone listening is so disappointed in us right now because we're better than this. But I just want to say one more thing: that Chubb's going to go into Knoxville. That Chubb can't be scared to come out of the tunnel. The Chubb's got to be ready to go. And then he's right. going to run hard into the tunnel after the game. Chubb's, Chubb's got to come out strong. This is awful. This <laughs> he's is such run a. into the tunnel and then back out of the tunnel. The fact, back in the fact that we're on iTunes is literally a miracle. Honestly, I, I, don't, I don't understand how people let us do this. You haven't All right. listened to enough podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mississippi baby stuff. This is Mississippi baby State stuff. is at Auburn. Uh, Bulldogs obviously coming in, coming in dazed and confused after last week. 
Auburn's looking to kind of turn it around, get get uh, Stidham going, you know, that future Heisman winner over at Auburn. Um, also, Auburn's not technically out of the playoff picture. No, absolutely not, to be honest. You know, uh, Auburn wins out. How do you not put them in the top four? If they beat Alabama, they win out. They go and they win the SEC championship, which means they'd probably have to beat Georgia twice. How do you not put them in there? Um, so, you know, Auburn's still playing for a lot. I don't think Mississippi State is playing for that much because their schedule lines up a little bit tougher. But what do you expect to see from this game? What does Auburn have to do to win? And then I'll take the Mississippi State side. You know, I can't put my finger on this game because I'm telling you, last week, you and I would have had this game all figured out. We would have been, oh, this is easy. Auburn's way down. And Auburn probably still is down because, to be frank, Missouri looks everyone look good. They yeah. make everyone look good. So Yes. We didn't even you, if you if you missed our SEC East preview, we did not talk about Missouri. We skipped them. That's we how bad they are. Missouri. That's how bad they are. So I can't put my finger on it. It's a nine point line with Auburn being favored by nine. They're at home, but that didn't matter against Mercer. So I don't You asked me what they need to do to win, so I'll 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 entertain that. What they need to do to win is they need to... They've got both their running backs back and healthy. Um, Georgia just ran all over them. They need to take whatever plays Georgia was doing, watch that film, memorize that film, and commit it to heart, and they need to go do it all over again. They need to stop trying to force Jared Stidham to be something that he's not. He can be a passable SEC quarterback if they don't try to make him into Nick Marshall. If they can protect him. Which I think they'll be able to listen do to the Mississippi sentence State. you just said and tell me it's not the most Auburn thing you've ever heard. It it they, is. They don't want to turn him into Nick Marshall. Oh, you mean the guy who wasn't a quarterback originally, who is just a good athlete? Don't try and turn him into a good athlete. Just keep him as a quarterback. That's the most backwards thing I've ever heard. But, but you're Auburn, right. You're right. They, no, they, I'm they saying you're right. That. Yeah. But it's they, just it's just so backwards to me, and I don't understand how Auburn's won this many times. <laughs> because they still get the talent to win games sometimes at Auburn. Uh, they still recruit well despite everything else. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I don't know what they do. They trip Auburn themselves. Auburn succeeds in spite of themselves. <laughs> it's that, Yeah, that's very true. I mean, they, seriously, in the past three years, that's how you can explain the past three years. If you want to call all of that succeeding. Maybe t- 2014 Consi- was a success for them. but Considering what they had, yeah, it was a, it, it was a success. 2014 was actually a very good year for them. 2015 and 2016 were, I've already uh, used this word yes. once, but they were meandering. Um, yes, dismal at best. So, that yeah, that's about it. Uh, if they don't trip over themselves, they need to get creative on offense, but not o- overdo it with the Stidham stuff. All right, uh, we didn't do a Georgia-Tennessee score prediction. What are you saying for that one? Oh, shoot. Um, 42-20. I like it. I'm going to go 34 14. All right. So and it won't be that really close. Have, neither of us have any faith in Tennessee. We both are taking way over the 7.5 here. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, what, what, what do you think Mississippi State should be doing in this game? Mississippi State, I think, uh, just has to watch the film. Just watch the film and learn how to shut down Stidham. You know, it's it's been done time and time again this season. Don't look at the Missouri tape. Look at who who was Auburn's game before Missouri. You know who you sound like right now. Who? Remember the mom on Last Chance You that came down and started screaming that they just need to look watch at the, the film. film. <laughs> watch the film. That was amazing. <laughs> the first what a great thing show. I thought of. Oh, That's man, we need. We need. We need a soundboard. We need one of our interns to come up with a soundboard where we can hit a button and it can either be Obi Wan Kenobi's. I okay. haven't heard that name in a long time. Or... I'm making a list, and I'm going to I'm going to pull these, and I'm going to put them in a nice Google Doc for us y- next week. I love this. Run the ball needs to be on there. I don't care where from. Probably Waterboy. Uh, then uh, th- watch the film. And lastly, but not least, it needs to be one of us saying something about a healthy chub. That has to be the four on our soundboard. But anyway, I, I do think Mississippi State needs to watch a film. Who was Auburn's week two game? Please, for the love of God, help me. Clemson. Clemson flushed Auburn out of the pocket and flushed him out of the pocket so many times. So many times. If you, if you blitz him, he folds up like a lawn chair on a windy day at the beach. 
just bring the pressure and watch what happens. It's not rocket surgery, all right? And then on offense, you just got to be steady. Let Fitzgerald get in the pocket, get comfortable, let him run the read option like he is prone to do. Don't make this game a shootout. I don't think Mississippi State wants this game to be a shootout. I think if Mississippi State's going to win this game, it's going to be by seven, you know, a, a touchdown or a field goal. And Three it'll be, to two, you say? I, I'd, hey, that's how that Big Ten after dark game was looking last week. <laughs> that's true. We had a five to three game, quite the pitching pitching contest. Not, um, I, I'm going to say that Mississippi State wins this game, twenty four fourteen. Oh man, I'm only doing this because of the the home. I'm going twenty one ten Auburn. I hate that. I hate it too. You're, it's just, you're right, but I hate it. I don't have any confidence in it either, but it it is what it is. All right, Brick. Next game we got was one of the first locations for college game day ever. This place loves college game day. Uh, you know the building is going to be rocking. It's going to be a hell of a night. But I just don't think Virginia Tech's got it in them. I think Clemson is going to beat Virginia Tech. I don't think it's going to be as exciting as everybody hopes that it's going to be. I think it's going to be a very Virginia Tech outing, and that makes me very sad. I have a close friend who's a big Virginia Tech fan, and I love exciting college football games. I see Clemson bouncing back in a big way. I think they got kind of lulled to sleep last week. I don't think last week's a lasting condition. I think this week Clemson comes back trying to set the tone, saying, all right, you you think we're not that good. Watch what we're about to do to a top 15 team. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I love a good upset, and I would love to see Virginia Tech get an upset because that's a fun place to see a football game. I'm going to take Clemson 38-20. You spelled I, it out for me. I think it's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be close going into the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden Clemson's just going to run away with it. You spelled it out for me with the first thing you started saying, where you said they got lulled to sleep last week and it was a bad week and it's not a lasting impression. We're at the point now with Clemson where 34-7 to win is being lulled to sleep and not a lasting condition. You know who that starts to sound like? Alabama. They're what we're seeing right now with Clemson is they are evolving into an elite. All right? Ohio State's moving out of that category and Clemson is moving right on in. I like it. 34 like to it. 7 is being lulled to sleep. All right. Well, now hold on. What they've taught me Oh, no, 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 no. You've got to go look at the box score from that game. Clearly, you didn't watch the box score from that game. No, I know they were up by seven going into the fourth. It was, no, they weren't just up by seven. They were up by seven, and Boston College was driving it down their throats going into the fourth quarter. And then they scored 27. Yeah, I, and I they scored 27 unanswered. Like, it wasn't like it was this big blowout where 34 7. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It was 14 7 for a long time in that game. Long time. And that's what I mean when I say they were lulled to sleep. They needed to wake up. They woke up in the fourth quarter and they scored 27 unanswered. So, right. sorry. Now I've defended myself. You can continue. My point was, us as Alabama fans, we wouldn't like that if Alabama did that either. 90% no. of the country would not matter, would not care how you win 34-7. to They're elated. That's why I say they're moving into that category. Oh, that game was tied going into the fourth quarter, by the way. There's a couple fan, a handful of fan bases in the country that would not be happy with the way that game went. And Clemson's now become one of them. I've just learned at this point to not pick against Clemson, because every time I do, I look like an idiot. Going back to last year's national championship, and all season long, when I said I didn't think they were a good team anymore. I yeah. didn't say that, but I was. I thought they were a little overrated. Right? Yeah. I'm off. I, I am listen, I, I am completely fine with Clemson being a top three, top two program in the country, and I fully expect them to be back in the playoff. To play devil's advocate, I will say I'm not fully sold on Kelly Bryant at quarterback. He didn't play well at all last week. Two t- two interceptions, no touchdowns, hundred and forty yards. He, he runs the ball well. But I do love their new running back, uh uh Travis Etienne. Dude can yes. run the ball. Yeah. Um 
But I'm not I'm not even really picking against Clemson even at all this week. I'm I, I like Virginia Tech as a program. I love them as a program. Really like them as a team. Like what they can even even do this year. And I like that they've got a big national game coming for a team that could uh use some expose not use some expose you know what I mean just yeah but I'm, no I I do know what you mean I do know what you mean I you know flipping the script a little bit by the way how many years in a row we're going to talk about Boston College as oh they're a team with a great defense but such a bad offense that it doesn't matter because that's exactly what we're seeing again this season it's definitely the last two seasons before this and this season that I've seen that from them yeah, anyway. They always have dominant linebackers and absolutely nothing on offense. We've I'm talked about. We've Clemson. talked about. Cle- yeah, please. I, I'm going Clemson. Oh, 30, 38, 38, 20, 38, 17. I'll go 38, 20. Yeah. I like it. I, you know, I like. Virginia Tech I just don't feel like a freshman quarterback is the best situation to go into against that Clemson pass rush <laughs> hey um, funny you mentioned that because yeah because we know what the, how that turns out that's what I mean yeah <laughs> from personal experience that doesn't go well actually it went fine it went fine and that's the issue is it, nope. it Clemson is one of the few teams that it would make me very nervous if Alabama had to play them next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'd say I'd say they're the only team actually, right now. Um, and if Alabama played the way they did against Vanderbilt, it, I don't think it matters. Well, that doesn't Alabama matter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Then it's a wash at that point. So yeah, they're yeah they're probably the only team that I'm very nervous about. Um, and then there's a handful of more that I'd be like, eh, ooh, this is scary, but not like that nervous. Right. That's hard-hitting journalism right there from your Brick. favorite sports director. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and give me your give me your sound off. What's your sound off? And for those who are new to the podcast, uh, sound off is where we just kind of go off on something, or we we just we just ramble a little bit. We just spit back and forth a little bit about something that's upset us, made us happy, made us cry, made us laugh, made us think. Brick, what's your sound off this week, buddy? Well, I'm going way back to year one of our podcast. You and I had oh, a discussion. Boy. Where we both oh agreed on steroids and baseball. Oh boy! Wow, this is coming out of way left field. Go ahead. Right, no place. You and I have no sympathy for it. If I'm remembering correctly, is that correct? Uh, yeah. No, you are correct. Why would I? We are. We are. Listen, that completely tarnishes an amazing game, and I know you feel that way, uh, largely because of, you know, a lot of your uh, favorite Easy players. Easy here. Well, no, just. Easy. Your man Hank Aaron did it without steroids. You're Listen, right. That's my point is now my 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 point is is that uh, John Carlos Stanton is now up to 59 home runs with mm. however many weeks there are left in the season. I don't remember. Mm. Frankly, I haven't paid enough attention to know exactly when the season ends. He had two more tonight. He's at 59, which puts him one short of tying and two short of breaking the most home runs for a non-steroid user. I just wanted to. I just wanted that to be known. I like it. And who is ESPN going to talk about for the next two weeks? Aaron Judge because he broke the rookie home run record. <laughs> because what is everybody distracted by? Pinstripes. There you go. You've seen the film. Speaking of which, my sound off this week is actually it's a positive one, which is rare for me. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix now. I had to watch it uh, eight weeks in a row on Discovery Channel. Um, Manhunt is a show that's now on Netflix. It's a docu-series going over uh, the guy who found the Unabomber. Um, That sounds interesting. It's awesome. It's so well done. The production quality, everything about it is so well done. Edge of your seat every episode. And it's not because it's edge of your seat where it's so intense. And they're, they're really just trying to look for the guy and figure out who it is. But just the way they do it and the pressure that's on this guy to do it, it's just phenomenal the, the production quality the casting everything is just brilliant go watch the show you can binge it in a night or two uh cuddle up with a loved one a pup a- anything that you want to cuddle up with stuffed animal a beer a nice cold beer hey, careful there when you say anything you don't want to cuddle up with a porcupine you might maybe that's what some people are into man it's 2017 why don't you just Cactus. let people be hashtag take a knee Hot that iron. was gonna be that was gonna be my sound off, but then I just realized I don't want to get into that tonight. 
uh, because it's getting way too much media attention, and we're media, and I refuse to give it attention. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hey, hey Brick, do me a favor, buddy. If if someone wanted to, how could they reach us on social media? Hit me up. Well done. <laughs> PI well underscore done. podcast on Twitter. Uh, Pat's Interference on Facebook. But our very favorite way even would be free to visit our website, patsinterference.com. You can listen to the podcast straight from there. It goes right out of SoundCloud. Um, you can uh, find our email on there, patsinterference at gmail.com. Uh, you've got our uh, ways to listen being, of course, like I just said, the website. you got SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. That's it. Okay. I didn't know if you're gonna I didn't know if you're gonna try it. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. You know the giant banners at the beach with the planes? (laughs) Yes. They actually see them all the time. It's just a transcript now. It's such a long banner. I mean I I was up with a company the other day and they're like, Do you you really want the whole transcript of the podcast? I was like, Look, plane's gonna need a lot of gas. Yeah, it's like a sixteen hour flight. Yeah. Yeah. It's cross country. Right, and you got to drive with the plane to make sure that you can read it, but it's all there. And or you honestly, can sit in one spot and watch it. Honestly, brick, it, it's 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 not even worth it. It's not even worth it anymore. I I just I, I don't even know what I'm doing here anymore with this joke. It's it's so worn out and bad. It's just bad. Let's or, just call. Let's it retire night. it. We're gonna retire this joke then. Put it up in the rafters. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We've always wanted to do this. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, really love the fact that you listen. Please give us an iTunes review. Let us know how we're doing. We have no idea. We don't. We we think we're doing okay. We love it. What do you What do you want? Do you want us to talk, break down college football a little bit more? Maybe water it down a little bit, make it easier to understand. You want us to do an episode explaining college football and the college football playoff committee? Do you want us to get more in depth? Talk about statistics, numbers, five step drop versus three step drop, running the read option versus the veer option. The T-Wing versus the Wishbone? What do you want to hear? Let us know. Just leave us that review. Give us five stars. That's how we grow our brand. Always trying to grow our band in our community. Uh, Brick, I I can't thank you enough for being a wonderful co-host. Everybody listening at home, I can't thank you enough for listening. But most of all, Brick, Roll roll tide.